Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's me again. <laughs> well, what are the odds? <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. <gasps> How the devil are you all? Are you good? I can't hear you. You need to speak louder. Mm. Okay, I can hear you now. Shh, don't shout so loud. <laughs> Oh my goodness me, are you all good? I really, 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 really hope so, because I am. Um, I am fine. So, 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 I'm tired. Oh, I had dreams, really weird dreams all last night, but not scary dreams, just dreams, really weird, but they're like very, very vivid um, and I thought they were true. <laughs> Do you remember your dreams? Do you have dreams and remember them? I used to, when I was a um, a child, I had my mum knit me um, a scarecrow, um, and it was like a scarecrow toy, um, and she made it for me because I used to have bad dreams, um, and she used to let me keep it in my bed because it scared away my bad dreams <laughs> and um well yeah it did sometimes <laughs> my daughter has a lovely beautiful um sparkly unicorn uh dream catcher that somebody bought her as a present and she loves it. It hangs just above her bed. And every time I have a nightmare, she asks me if I want to borrow it. <laughs> How gorgeous is that? Anyway, enough about bad dreams. We don't want any bad dreams. So, um, Riddle, or it was a joke yesterday, wasn't it? So the joke was, how many teenagers does it take to screw in a light bulb and nobody got the answer and I'm not sure I'm not surprised uh, because um it was a joke and really it could have been the answer could have been anything but what the answer was was whatever because if you know any teenagers you will know that Whatever is a word they use just all the time. So, um, I have a riddle for you today. I think it's a hard one. Um, I really, really think it's a hard one. <clears throat> so, I'll be super duper impressed. In fact, I'll be super duper 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 impressed if you get it right. Uh, so here we go. What has a head but no body, a heart but no blood, leaves but no branches, and grows without wood? Ooh, that's a very, very difficult one, isn't it? So you message me if you get it right and impress me because I wouldn't have got it right without knowing the answer <laughs> so I'm just gonna read um a little bit more the next little bit 
of the funny life of teachers. Um, and this is how to tell which way is north. So if you ever get lost in the middle of the desert or the middle of the jungle or the middle of the school field, it can be very handy to know which way is north. If you know which way is north, you can navigate yourself around a map, make sure you're going in the right direction and eventually make your way to the North Pole. Yeah. The most reliable way to know which way is north is to use a compass. A compass has a needle which wobbles around and then points to the North Pole. If you want to go north, follow the red end. If you want to go south, go the opposite way. Well, if you want to go a different way, then you need to learn how to work a compass properly and maybe learn some trigonometry. If you don't have a compass, you can use the sun. First thing in the morning, the sun will rise in the east. At dusk, it will set in the west. However, it does tend to rise and set in a slightly different place each day. At midday, however, the sun should be to the south of you. So, if it's sunny and you have a watch, it's possible to work out which way is which. Another way to work out which way is north is to look at lichen growing on the side of a tree. Lichen prefers to grow on the north side of the trees. You can use all these techniques to navigate your way around a new school. However, if there are no trees inside your school, you could look out for lichen on your teacher's face. And according to the SAS Survival Handbook, the noses of most caretakers usually face south. <laughs> lollipop ladies. I wonder if anybody, any of you actually have a lollipop lady still. I have a part-time job as a lollipop lady. I would have preferred to be a lollipop man, but they only wanted lollipop ladies. I don't mind because it's the same outfit, just different underwear. <laughs> lollipop ladies are disappearing. When I was at school, there were millions, but now they're an endangered species. According to my research, there are more snow leopards in the Himalayas than there are lollipop ladies. Their population is critical. The problem is that they're being replaced by pedestrian crossings, zebra crossings and speed bumps. According to the lollipop legends, which is a book I can't be bothered to write, when a lollipop die, lady dies, she's buried under a speed bump. That way she can still protect the children, even from beyond the grave. <laughs> and legend also says that on a full moon, lollipop ladies rumble and stir. They rise again and walk the land like luminous zombies. I don't think so, do you? When I was little, we would occasionally see a wild lollipop lady in the woods. There are hardly any wild lollipop ladies left anymore. But you can help. In the autumn, 
rake up a pile of leaves behind a shed or against a wall. A wild lollipop lady can use this as a nest and it might just help them get through another winter. <laughs> Playground assistants. Oh, you will find these wonderful creatures at primary schools lurking around the playground at break time and lunchtime. They have been specially made in laboratories to be able to watch hundreds of children all at the same time and check that no one is being too silly or too dangerous. They are also trained in putting ice packs on the heads of children who have fallen over and hurt their knee. <laughs> so, tomorrow we will read about excuses for being late for school. <laughs> so, um, we are <clears throat> now going to do a fun so what's the fun fact for today? Ooh. Well, we had um about a, uh, how many, no, which was the one that had the most bones in the body yesterday? But which is the strongest bone in the human body? Do you know? So we've got A, the jawbone, B, the hip bone, <clears throat> excuse me. C, the thigh bone, or D, the little toe bone? Well, do you know what? I don't know about, I don't know what one it is until I read on. However, the little toe bone actually, possibly, <laughs> is quite strong because the amount of times I've kicked something or stubbed it and it hasn't broken, it must be quite strong. Anyway, if I ask you to think of a strong material, what pops into your mind? Probably something like metal or even concrete. Oh, all right, smarty pants, diamond then. <laughs> but not bone, right? Because bone may not seem like a particularly strong material. But would you believe is actually stronger than both metal and concrete. How much stronger, I hear you cry. Well, seeing as you asked, gram for gram, bone is stronger than steel. And as for concrete, well, bone is not twice, not three times, but a staggering four times stronger than concrete. Wowzers! <clears throat> Excuse me. Bone, like concrete, is what's called a composite material. This means it's made up of a combination of two quite different materials. And you're going to have to Bear with me because I might get these wrong. Okay, so hydroxylapatite, apparently, <laughs> which contains lots of calcium and a bendy substance called collagen. 
this super-powered combo makes bone mighty strong in compression, meaning you can push down on it pretty much as hard as you like, as long as you press along the length of the bone. It's unlikely to break. However, if you were silly enough to hold a bone out sideways and whack it at 90 degrees like a karate chop, it could easily snap. So please don't try that. <laughs> this explains why you can snap a chicken bone in two with your bare hands. Unless, of course, you soak it in vinegar first, in which case it would just go all bendy. Try it. It's weird. Get a chicken bone and soak it in vinegar and then try and snap it. The acid in the vinegar dissolves away all the calcium, which is the stuff that makes the bone hard, leaving behind the bendy collagen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, the jawbone is definitely one of the strongest bones in the body, but the absolute heaviest, longest and strongest bone in the human body is C, the thigh bone, properly known as the femur. This makes sense as your two femurs have to support the weight of pretty much your entire body. In fact, it's been predicted that a rhino femur could hold a whopping 109 tonnes before snapping. Do you know what? That's more than the weight of two heavy lorries. So while you should definitely avoid jumping off anything high onto a hard surface like concrete, luckily most of your bones are pretty hard to break. Well, apart from the teeny tiny ones in your little toes, apparently they're so delicate that it has been estimated that almost everyone has broken at least one in their life. Although they're not as tiny as the tiniest bone in the body, the U-shaped stirrup bone or stapes, which is only two to three millimetres long. Luckily, it's tucked away safely inside your inner ear where it helps transmit sound waves to your brain. <laughs> so there you go. And you know what? American legend Evil Knievel, the man who rode motorbikes, he broke a record-breaking 433 bones during his career as a motorcycle long jumper. And he probably didn't even break that one. <laughs> when it comes to things like that, like bone, are strong in compression, the last thing you'd probably think of would be an egg. After all, walking on eggshells means walking very carefully indeed. So eggs must be pretty fragile, right? Not so fast. It turns out that walking on eggs is 
actually totally possible. In fact, you can stand on a carton of eggs and they won't break. Seriously, try it, uh, but very gently. And it's probably best to put some old newspaper underneath the box and check with whoever bought the eggs, you know, just in case. Eggs are so strong in compression that not only can you stand on them, but it's also virtually impossible to crush one in the palm of your hand as long as you push on its ends. Try it. So if you try and push down and crush an egg holding the pointy ends, it's very difficult to do. And the secret to an egg strength is in its shape. Eggshells are double-ended arches and arches are one of the strongest shapes known to man, which is why bridges and windows are often designed in the shape of an arch. But tap on an egg sharply on its side and voila, you're ready to make an (laughs) omelette. Right. There we go. So tomorrow, well, we might find out what eggs can't do. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. How about finding out what days it is today? Is it Thursday? It is indeed Thursday. Is it the 9th of March already? It is indeed the 9th of March already. And, 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 it's also Panic Day! (laughs) Now, Panic Day is exactly what it sounds like. It's the day when you're allowed to panic. Most times, most days, people say, oh, stop panicking. Just chill. No, 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 no. You're allowed to panic today. So if you want to panic, you panic. (laughs) It's also, and I love this one because I say it so many times, National Get Over It Day. When people are having a meltdown over something, I I am a little bit less sympathetic than I'm should be sometimes um most of the time I'm okay but quite often I say oh just get over it (laughs) so I'm allowed to say it today (laughs) I'm allowed to say it more often than not today (laughs) more often than I usually say it national get over it day so if anyone's having a meltdown near you you too are able to say just get over it So, without sounding rude, (laughs) it is Popcorn Lovers Day today. So, not um, Popcorn Day, but the people that love popcorn, it's their day today. National Meat Day, Meatball Day, sorry. Um, I do like meatballs. Very, very nice and yummy. It's National Barbie Day. There you go. Barbie. Who plays with Barbie? My ch- my daughter loves Barbie. It is name tag day. So go out there with a name tag on. Introduce yourself by pointing to your name tag saying, this is who I am. 
It's National Crab Meat Day. I do love a crab meat. That's ooh, so tasty. It's World Kidney Day. Now, this is an important one in our family because my nephew um, has dialysis uh, because he has he was born with um, kidney disease and um, he had a uh, he was on dialysis for a long time and then they found a kidney to match his. So he had an operation, big operation, stayed in um, London in a big hotel, a big, big hotel, a big hospital there, um, had the kidney transplant and um, and now he's back on dialysis because the kidney or his body rejected the kidney. So that was not a good thing. Um, but uh, so, yes, it's World Kidney Day. So we have to be aware of people who um, are on dialysis and um, who have bad kidneys because there are a lot of them. Believe me. Um, so National False Teeth Day. I don't know why we have a National False Teeth Day, I'm sure. But we do. So there you go. Anyway, um, how about... The next instalment of Daisy and the Trouble with Vampires, uh, chapter 19, because yesterday she squirted her a skeleton um, with her silly string. <laughs> so chapter 19. It was only when I'd run out of silly string that I realised it was a skeleton on a bike. Hello, Daisy, said Jack Beachwhistle, wiping the string off his face. What's she doing down that hole? When I heard Jack Beachwhistle's voice coming out of the skeleton's face, I was so relieved. I have never been so pleased to see him in my life. She's trying to get out, I said. Sorry for squirting you. Her name is Mrs Pike. She's my neighbour. We were playing murder in the graveyard. When Jack found out I'd been playing murder in the graveyard, he was really impressed. Mur especially murder in the graveyard, in the dark, in the fog, in the countryside, on Halloween night. I come here on my bike every Halloween night, he said, to see if there are any zombies that need teaching a lesson. Me too, I fibbed. Oh, fibber. Do you like my skeleton hoodie, he asked got trousers too he said pointing at the bones on his legs yes they're really good i fibbed again so why doesn't she climb out asked jack walking to the edge of the hole and looking down well she tries to but she keeps slipping on the mud i said i bet i could climb my way out there out of there he said i could climb my way out of my any hole however deep because I've got escape skills. Oh, and by the way, it's not a hole, it's a grave. Someone's going to be buried there next week. When I realised that Mrs Pike was trapped inside a hole that wasn't a hole but a grave, I shivered from top to toe. What if no one can get her out? I gasped. Then she'll have to be buried alongside the coffin, Jack whispered. I wasn't sure if Mrs Pike knew she was in a grave or not, 
or if she could hear what we were saying. But when she started waving and flashing her torch beam across our faces, I knew she wanted us to get her out fast. Do you think we could both lift her out? I asked Jack. Well, normally I'd lift her out on my own, he whispered, but I sprained my shoulder this morning doing black belt jiu-jitsu training with Colin and Harry. Which might have been a fib, I wasn't sure. Why hasn't she rung for help on her mobile, asked Jack. Her phone's in the car, I whispered. Where's her car, whispered Jack. At the beginning of Church Road, I told him. Who was she going to ring? asked Jack. My mum, I told him. I'll go and get her, he said. Chapter 20 Where do you live? Jack asked, speeding back up the church path again. 14 Mil Bilbury Way, I told him. I'll be as quick as I can, he promised. <gasps> chapter 21 That was chapter 20. <laughs> It was about half an hour before my mum finally came to rescue Mrs Pike. When she appeared out of the fog, I thought she was a ghost. Her face looked so white, but ghosts don't carry stepladders. At least I don't think they do. My mum had been really worried about us. Apparently she'd been ringing and ringing and ringing Mrs Pike to find out where we were. It was a really good idea to bring a stepladder because Mrs Pike's hands were so muddy and wet my mum would never have been able to get hold of her. When Mrs Pike finally crawled out of the hole she looked more like a mud monster than a vampire. She even groaned like a mud monster when she stood up. I could barely see the church clock through the fog, but when my mum put her arm around Mrs Pike and told her everything was going to be all right, I knew it was time to go home. We were at the end of the church path when Jack caught up with us on his bike. I think he had had to cycle quite a long way to get my mum. Do you fancy going trick-or-treating, he asked me, as we squeezed through the gate. It's only nine o'clock. I've already been trick-or-treating, I told him. And anyway, I thought you said you only did you only did trick-or-tricking. I do, he said. I was tricking you. When I showed Jack the bag of sweets me and Mrs Pike had collected, he said they were some of the most poisonous he'd ever seen. So I gave them to him straight away. It's a good job you didn't eat any of them, he said. If you had, you would probably have been dead by now. Or at the very least, your face would have turned purple and yellow and your tongue would have dropped off. Thanks for taking them, I said. <laughs> See you at school on Monday, Jack said, standing up on his pedals and then cycling away into the fog. Oh my goodness, poor Daisy. She went through all that and still never ended up with any sweets. So maybe tomorrow we'll read chapter 22. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, um, you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I... We'll go to work and have a wonderful, wonderful day too. <laughs> but make sure that whatever else you do, 
you take care and stay safe. Even on panic day. But we also have to get over it. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you all again tomorrow, okay? Um, so take care, please. Uh, and yeah, just see you tomorrow. Bye for...